What's up, ladies and gentlemen? You are now tuned into the Grown Table Podcast, an Octavian Collective production. This is a show where I, Jerome, and my co-host, Darnell, sit down and try to digest some current events and hot-button topics in our culture and society. We hope that you enjoy your taste of what we'll be serving. Hope you brought your appetites. Welcome to our table. new year happy new year everyone happy, welcome back happy 2022 and oh yeah <laughs> it's february so happy black history month baby. happy black history month, y'all. and what a way to kick it off kick off our return back to the microphone after a hiatus after only putting out five episodes we should really be ashamed of ourselves. <laughs> Sorry about that, everyone. <laughs> hey, it was the holidays. We got to take a break, you know? Sometime. That's a very extensive holiday, my <laughs> guy. But to refocus, on February 1st, a lawsuit was filed by recently fired black head coach of my Miami Dolphins, Brian Flores. Class action lock suit against the NFL. History is about to be made here. In one way or another, let's get into this lawsuit. Okay, so first thing I want to point out, and listen, you're a Miami Dolphins fan. You know much more uh, about this whole story. Unfortunately. <laughs> you know, as much as I've done my research over the last week or so, you, well, not week, a couple days, you know much more about the NFL and specifically the Miami Dolphins than me. Okay, did you, you are aware that Brian, Brian Flores was a coach for the, not a head coach, but he's been with the Patriots before he went to the Dolphins for what, 15 years or so? Oh, yeah, okay. for, for quite some time. So this is a guy that is knowledgeable about the way the NFL works. He's put in his little his time, his dues and all that. And he has a pretty good idea of what goes on around the league. Is that a would you agree with that? Absolutely. Okay. And he Fair learned enough. from the best, literally the greatest yes. head coach of all time. And he picked up a bunch of rings with the greatest coach of all time. And this is truly a situation because he's been with the NFL since he was a 23-year-old boy, man, whatever you want to call it. This is truly a story of someone that started from the bottom and now he's here. Mm -hmm. Like he worked his way up. I just wanted to start off by pointing that out because I had no idea until I did the background research. It's like, oh, this isn't like a random black guy that they pulled in off the streets. This guy has been, has you know, climbed through the ranks. And has been exceptional along the way. Mm-hmm. despite roadblocks that has been put in his way. And yes, that sounds very cliche, but no, <laughs> there were intentional roadblocks put in front of this guy's way that would actually come back around to bite him in a sense. Mm-hmm. It, it, okay, so this is very much going to be interview style because there's a lot of stuff that I don't know that you do know. Why did he get, first of all, how many years was he with the Dolphins? Two or three? Three. Three. Why did he end up getting fired? So there are the official reasons, and then there's the real reason. Of course, of course. <laughs> so on the Speak for Yourself sports mm-hmm. talk show on Fox Sports, mm-hmm. um, and I'm definitely want to shout 
these brothers out, Emmanuel Acho and Marcellus Wiley. Mm-hmm. Um, people go listen to their podcast. I will be linking their show where they talk about the Brown Flores lawsuit in the show notes. Anyway, I'm citing them for this reason. Mm-hmm. They uh, Marcellus Wiley brought up that he was most of the times the firing happens because of he used an abbreviation of Mister mm-hmm. um, relationships and metrics or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, I fumbled that one, right? Now you're good. Well, they used a record, a losing record that he had. Mm-hmm. The first year that he was in Miami, the team was actively tanking. So uh, he was with the Dolphins for three years, and two of the years he had winning records, correct? Yes. Okay. So okay, okay. what I'm correct. talking about is year one when he was in Miami. Year one. Okay, yes, yes, yes. They were actively tanking so that they can get the top overall pick oh, or the highest overall pick of course. that they could get. Common strategy. In common the draft, strategy. exactly. Yeah, common strategy. Well, they whiffed in the first year um, because Brian Flores is actually a really good coach, mm-hmm. and he wasn't in the business of losing games because if you're a coach that loses games, it's hard for you to get another job. Of course, of course. Right? So the team had a plan to tank the year away. Well, Brian Flores, as head coach, Mm -hmm. didn't plan to lose games. Mm -hmm. And each player on the team wasn't planning on losing games. Of course. So you have a situation where you have front office management making decisions to basically openly sabotage Mm -hmm. a team. Sabotaging people's records, opportunities, putting them in just the worst positions Mm -hmm. to win. Imagine you working a job Mm -hmm. where upper management is working to make sure that you fail, that they ruin your resume. Yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. Imagine that if you were working a job like that. I mean, especially when you consider, like, you put it all into context, like, a lot of times these NFL players, they have like performance bonuses and like, you know, win bonuses. Like it's tied into their contract. If you can get this X amount of yards, you can get an extra 500,000 and all this good stuff. And yet, you know, sure, making it to the playoffs, you don't really get paid in, uh, like a lot of money. That's not even what I'm getting to. Getting to a Super Bowl playoffs, they don't get paid that much. But it's just, you know, we're going to talk about this, t- this like concept of leverage. It just doesn't seem right to have a system to where you know upper management wants you to lose when you have all these people that put their livelihood on performing well when I like if, if I get kicked off of a team you know the only thing I have to show for myself is my numbers in order for another team to want to take me you get what I'm saying so it's a mm-hmm. very very in, interesting uh situation they find i get it you got a tank in order to get a a, a good draft pick next year but it's i don't feel good about you know but i'm sorry to interrupt you no 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 because we have to make sure that there is an understanding of why this is important oh it it should be it's criminal it should be criminal it should be criminal ladies and gentlemen let's talk about this the nfl Mm -hmm. is the one business that 
employs the most black millionaires in America. The NFL draft up to a certain amount of rounds is basically a roll call of millionaires. <laughs> Guaranteed roll call of millionaires. These teams place people in position to make money and lose money. Individuals are placed in positions where they make money and lose money based on their performance on the field, based on their performance next to other talent, mm-hmm. because it's a team sport. Yeah. So if you're not playing on the field, you can be a good talent, but if you're playing on the field with bad talent yeah, around you, you're going to be in bad position yeah. to rack up certain statistics. And some people mm-hmm. will say the outstanding people, of course, will rise and get all of that. No, no, no. You have to be put in the best position possible. Yeah. So every, every, there's so many little details that go into this game of football to the point where to even find out that the people who sign your check are also the people who are sabotaging to make sure that you aren't positioned to, 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 to earn more. And it, and it's not because they are maliciously doing it intentionally to you, but it's, that's just a byproduct of their long-term strategy to your detriment. Yeah. And it's their plan. So it's not to their detriment. They're protected from that. Yeah. That's interesting that you say it like that, because I do think of it's not, it's your collateral damage at that point. It's you have these old guys and you know, it's a, what is it called? Like a good boys, good old boys club. And I don't think, and and I'm going to be very careful with the words that I use here because I think we have a system to where, like you said, because this whole thing, Brian Flores and, you know, black head coaches not being treated the same way. I don't think the primary intent is racism, but I think it's, you know, you have all these old white guys in this system and the collateral damage is that black coaches don't get treated as well and you know like it's been said before they want to keep they're they they're more reluctant to hire someone that doesn't look exactly like them that doesn't talk like them that you know doesn't have to portray the same behaviors and attitudes as them so that's what I'll add to to that but a, a question for you is how much of what's goes on in the NFL with the hiring process and how much of it is would you describe it as being like purposeful like if that makes sense because I I don't want to attribute this to racism I I really don't if that makes sense so it's it's hard well let me see pause there are some underlying things people can attribute to some form of racism, Mm -hmm. some type of systemic racism. There are people who use that word. Yeah. I think people have to be careful with how they go about using that word. If you can't really explain it to people, then be careful when you decide to use that word. And that's why I was trying to dance around the word. I don't want to call this racism. It's more just like collateral damage of a system that they the white old white men want to keep around well, there's a underlying 
factor here. Oh, of course. There's an underlying factor here, and we're gonna we're gonna break it down piece by piece. This got heavy really really <laughs> fast. We are 13 minutes. In. <laughs> Buckle up. It's yeah. been it's been a long time since we talked, fam. Yeah. And um, we got a lot to unpack. It's all good. <laughs> all right. So, first thing. This Brian Flores situation is very is loaded because, like I said, he lost his job primarily based on a relate on on just relationships. Of course, of course. He lost a political a political battle. Of course. Brian Flores, as the head coach, is responsible for the players' performance on the field. He works in tandem, or he worked in tandem with the general manager who did the scouting, mm-hmm. the acquisition, the trading, the paying of the talent that went on the field. Mm-hmm. It would be too much to ask a head coach to also take that responsibility, and it would be too much to ask the general manager who does all of those other intricate things to ask that of the head coach to do, unless you have Bill Belichick in your building. He's an anomaly. Yeah, of course. That being said, the general manager of the Miami Dolphins, Chris Greer, is a black man. Mm-hmm. Former head coach of the Miami Dolphins, Brian Flores, black man. They were supposed to be working in tandem in the plan to improve the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. They were not in alignment on the direction of the football team. They both had different values. Mm-hmm. They both had different relationships with the owner, Stephen Ross. There's a problem when you work in any organization and you are a person of influence, but you don't have alignment with other people. Of course. Of course. So we find ourselves in a situation where racism is being accused when his superior, technically, Mm. although he makes more money as head coach than the general manager. The general manager is still his superior. Well, so so hold on. Let let me, let me back up real quick. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm sorry, we didn't explain this in in order. And that's why we're we're breaking it down piece by piece because there's so so much information that people may need. And we still are rusty. This is our first time podcasting in, in several months. This entire thing started based on unethical hiring practices he believes that when he was looking for a job that they were trying they were just trying to check mark or fulfill the uh what is it called the Rooney rule yes and but he now wasn't getting but, it, but that's only as a result of his a, firing a result you gotta of understand fire, okay. that there are three years of layers yes that got to the point of his firing Okay, okay, And then you also have to understand, before he was even hired to that job as the Miami Dolphins head Head coach, coach, 
he was still going through the hiring process with other teams. So that's where the Denver Broncos come oh, into okay, play. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Fair enough. So yeah. th- this is... He builds up exact. into... Okay. And, and because... He said he understands that this is just his experience, mm-hmm. and there's so much empirical data. Oh, absolutely, and and, and anecdotes, absolutely, from these types of experiences of happening to other black coaches. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why there's a class action lawsuit where he's inviting other coaches to participate. What do you think took him over the edge? If he didn't already say it, like, what do you think was the was the straw that broke the camel's back? What do you think that the text was? message that he received from his previous uh, I, boss, Bill okay, Belichick? Okay, I thought so. Yeah, yeah, because everyone's used to getting abused at their job. That's part of the. That's part of every job is just taking you know and getting abused. Well, here's but the I, thing: sabotage isn't something is, that people. Fair enough. Yeah. Are, are are you don't you don't sign on to a job that you know. Yeah. Is going to sabotage. Exactly. Right? Okay, fair enough. And that's enough. where this class action lawsuit comes down to. Yes. Intentional sabotaging mm-hmm. of black coaches. Yeah. Or the rigging of the game or system against black coaches. Yeah. And, it, it, you know, it, it's interesting because um, it, it's funny because one of my favorite stand-up comedians of all time is uh, Patrice O'Neal. And he was, like, talking about how white people are getting better at racism. He's like, you want to know why? Because white people nowadays, they have this thing called I can't prove it racism. It's like, I know you're racist, but I just can't prove that you're racist. And, and Patrice O'Neal was, like, talking about how he hated that. And obviously he's making a joke, but within all jokes, the, the genius within his comedy was that it's partially true. Mm-hmm. And I feel well, it's like— based in truth. It's, sorry, it's based in truth. And I feel like this whole situation reminds me of his stand-up because it was finally the 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 the, the tick was like, ha, Bill Belichick, like, now I can prove it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going crazy now. Like, black people are be or not black people because the league is black, but black, you know, general managers, head coaches, they are being treated differently. There is a, a difference between the way you view us. And that message from Bill Belichick, I think can prove like proves what I had already felt in my gut. You know what I'm saying? Emmanuel Acho on speak for yourself Mm -hmm. said that it was akin to a group text. (laughs) There are two group text messages, Mm -hmm. one that has the annoying friend Mm -hmm. and one that doesn't have the annoying friend. The annoying friend has always had a suspicion that there was a different group text. There was a separate group text that that annoying friend wasn't mm-hmm. involved in, but they never had to prove mm-hmm. until one of the members of the other group text accidentally yeah. drops information or sends a text in the wrong group text with the text message from this highly esteemed, highly respected, considered to be the greatest head coach mm-hmm. of all time in the NFL, Bill Belichick, also a former boss, longtime former boss of Brian Flores, while he was with the New England Patriots, sends a text message to him congratulating him on receiving a job as the head coach of the New York Giants. And so we're talking about the hometown team of the largest market in America. The most rabid fans in competition with, <laughs> with, with maybe the Philadelphia Eagles. And, and, 
Dallas Cowboys. The Edge the Cowboys, I guess. I mean, that's what I, I, I hear. But, but, mm, but that's beside the point. Anyway, so he gets a text message from Bill Belichick congratulating him on getting a job that he hadn't interviewed for yet. And how would Bill Belichick even know? Because that? he has connections to yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, the whole this guy has been—he <laughs> has been an NFL coach mm-hmm. since the 1970s. Yeah, which which makes sense. I just think it's very interesting that Bill Belichick would be one of the people that would know that he got the job days before the person that got the job got the job. If that makes sense. Like I understand that there's like they're in like cahoots, all the you know. I mean, we're talking about almost fifty years, if not over fifty years, of equity that he has had in the league. He also won two. um, He was the defensive coordinator of the New York Giants. um, I think back in the eighties, nineties. Okay, 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 okay. They won two Super Bowls off of the back of his defense. Fair enough. I guess I shouldn't be surprised. Well, I'm acting. And they also won. They also won two more championships, beating him in the the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. So if if there's a if there's a building where he has some connection, it would make sense that it would be the New York Giants. And oh yeah, by the way, the head coach that was just there was an assistant on the New York on the New England Patriots. Patriots. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. He helped Joe Judge. Um, disgraced that head, makes a former lot head sense. coach of okay. the Giants get that job. That makes a lot. And more oh sense. yeah, Brian Dayball was an assistant for Bill Belichick exactly. as well. Okay, yeah, and then he <laughs> messaged the wrong, <laughs> the wrong guy. Brian Flores, Brian Dayball. Last name starts with a D. Last name starts with an F. It's pretty close. It did, makes sense. Did you actually see the screenshot of the text messages? Yes. He was like, he was like, question mark, question mark. He's like, who are you speaking to, Brian? This or Brian that? He's like, oh, Billy. He's like, I got the wrong. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I really messed this up. And he said, I double checked this. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. And the sad part about it is that Brian Flores is from New York City. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, it's it's well here. It was literally a dream of his, and he and he found out from this this person who he has so much respect for that somebody else had already gotten the job or was going to get the job. And, and, and to be fair, I don't think Brian Flores should be mad at Bill Belichick. He's and, not. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, he shouldn't be mad at Bill Belichick for any of this. Um, to, to, to it's tough on, that Bill Belichick is intertwined into this. It's sad because he just made one small mistake, which isn't even like really his fault. But well, it, but anyway, <laughs> on a, on a more serious note, um, this wasn't serious how, enough. That that's true. <laughs> what can we do to fix this situation? How can we reconcile this whole thing? Um, philosophically, literally, I just want your opinion on where we go on from this. I mean, we haven't even unpacked the whole situation. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but the, I mean, could, so could, could, here's what we can do. Here's mm-hmm. what we can do. Ladies and gentlemen, we will be leaving videos, mm-hmm. news clippings, et cetera. News clippings? Wow. 
Anyway. Look, we're still rusty, okay? Yeah, we're getting it back it into it. It is what it is. <laughs> Links to the articles, et cetera, et cetera, for mm-hmm. everyone to get caught up because we are going to be talking about this for some I time. I do think so. I do think so. Happy Black History Month, my brother. <laughs> anyway. Um, how do we rectify this? Because I'm I'm a believer that it's already been proven that a, no rule can be implemented Ooh. to fix this problem. Mm, so you're talking it's, about the Rooney Rule, sir. Rooney Rule ain't going to work. It already is proven not to work. Can we talk about the Rooney Rule? What no, is yeah, this? Yeah, of course. Of course. You it can explain it better than I can. All right. The Rooney <laughs> Rule was something that was put in place in the mid-2000s. Don't ask me which specific year it was at the moment. We'll find the link in early it. 2000s, probably. 20, Could be. 2002 or something like that. Could be. <laughs> well, the Rooney Rule was put into place that required mm-hmm. that for... That they just interview black coach. <laughs> well, wait. That they... It set a minimum. Mm-hmm. Of at least one black candidate or candidate of color, mm-hmm. candidate of color in high profile mm-hmm. candidate searches. So, head coach and certain levels of executive, that has to be considered, mm-hmm. right? And of course, we understand what the spirit behind that rule is. And because they put in the rule. Of course, there have been plenty of people who have interviewed for positions, but unfortunately did not get the positions. There are a lot of coaches that wasted their time just for teams to fulfill the requirement of interviewing specific coaches. Legislation can change behavior, but legislation will not change feelings and sentiments. And I'm I mean the word desire. I desire to is I understand the whole concept of the legislation. Oh, legislate this and hopefully if their behavior changed, their mentality can follow it shortly afterwards. There's no rule that will be able to fix what is going on here. If these 31 white men, old school white men feel you are really if, hammering no, them no, today I, you know, bro. I, i'm sorry but i think somehow and this is more of a philosophical than a literal that's why i said explain how we can fix this problem philosophically or literally they these are smart intelligent guys they're used to manipulating rules breaking circumventing systems to keep the status quo and continue to get what they want how they want it legislation isn't no rule is going to change the system and what we have now we're going to need everyone to get on board and say something that's very obvious to them hey black people can do this just as well as all the white people that you like putting in these positions of power like just give us a chance to show like 70% 70% of your or 65% of your league or whatever is black. Like we can do this. Like we don't need rules anymore. We don't need legislation. We need to talk to these men, but, but I'm sorry. So you, you go on and, you know, give your little opinion on it. But 
it just seems <laughs> My it, it's, 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 sorry i didn't mean to say it like that but it just seems like asinine that at this point we would even think that some rule or piece of legislation can fix what's going on here you know what i'm saying right and and that's the thing we're talking about the spirit of the rule versus what actually played out exactly and that's the thing so for the listeners what actually played out post the implementation of the Rooney rule named after the um former owner of the well he's now deceased and it was passed down to his son um the owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers oh I didn't know that yeah, so named after Art Rooney the first or senior or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, who was the owner of a team that has had long-term success. Art Rooney hired Mike Tomlin, literally the only current black coach in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. And he has been the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers for a long time. A long time. A long time. <laughs> he was groomed for the position, and he has held it for a long time, and he has been very successful. Mm-hmm. He has been exceptional, mm-hmm. which we're going to come back to. Okay. So, this rule was put in place, and we have gone from where around the time that the rule was put in place, there was around four, five, six black NFL and head now, coaches, and there's now there's one. only one <laughs> as of twenty February of 2022. Yeah. There were, I think, three or four mm-hmm. last year in 2021. Mm-hmm. Most of them got fired. One of which who, uh, um, David Cully, mm-hmm. got fired after one year on the job in which the organization was openly tanking the season. Just like the Miami Dolphins was doing, was attempting to do, well, they successfully did, mm-hmm. to Brian Flores in his first year with the Miami Dolphins. And when you throw out those numbers that it went all the way down to one, you can't do causation or correlation. You're just saying that it's, it's funny. It's interesting. This is, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's really it's, interesting, it's, but there's so much context that, that paints course. you a clear picture. You just of have course. to be willing to see of the course. forest Behind the trees. Yeah, he's just saying it's interesting because there's going to be someone in the comment section. Oh, it's just interesting. It's interesting that after the ruling rule got implemented, it went from a couple hey, to one. Like my granny used to say, something in the milk ain't clean. <laughs> I agree. I agree. So I mean, something's not to, passing the eye test. <laughs> sorry to interrupt you, but I just had to point that out. No, but with, <laughs> with that being said, we are talking about this this rule and what has been put into place. Mm-hmm. Now we we take a look at, all right, this is where we are now mm-hmm. without even really touching on the intricate details of which we will mm-hmm. over time with this mm-hmm. Brian Flores thing. It, it has to start with black ownership. Like it has that. to start with ownership. I like we that. have 32 NFL teams. Mm-hmm. 32 NFL teams. 31 of them have white ownership. Yeah. One, Shahid Khan or Shaq Khan, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he is of Indian or somewhere in that region mm-hmm. descent. Mm-hmm. 
we have a problem. Yeah. Currently, the Denver Broncos is up for sale. Oh, okay. Currently up for sale. And the wealthiest black man in America, Robert Smith, has emerged as a finalist final, finalist in the bidding for purchasing that franchise. I don't think the Denver Broncos. It. I don't think he'll get it, but that's the pessimist. Well, thing. here's the interesting <laughs> thing. Look at the timing. Yeah, beautiful. Beautiful. No, and some people I may, it. I'm sure there's someone with a tinfoil hat mm-hmm. that is, is, is trying to draw lines in between. <laughs> I don't know if there is. Who knows? We're going to find out. You know, and sorry to get you off your point. Um, when I think of college football, I also think of some of similar problems. Wouldn't it make sense to, no, I mean, you know football better than me. Could this problem somewhat be rectified by letting the players have say in who their next head coach will be? At least maybe the veteran players. Like, if you've been on a team for, like, four or five years. just They even, do. Just, oh, do they? Okay. They do. Okay, it doesn't even have to be official. Just bring them into the room and say, hey, what's your opinion on this guy? We're about to hire him. But you're telling me that they already do have that. Okay, so, so okay, that makes you feel good. Yeah. Now, Robert Smith. Worth $6.7 billion. Okay. Born and raised in Denver, Colorado. Oh, wow, okay. So he's a Denver native. Yeah. yeah. Worth $6.7 billion. The Denver Bronco estimation for its cost is that there's there's speculation that it could be around the four billion dollar mark, which is insane because the last team that was sold was for two point two billion dollars to Dave Tepper a couple years ago. Okay, in the it's Carolina probably, Panthers, it's probably gone up. He a paid for bit, that two point two billion dollars cash. Yeah, coronavirus, all this, you know, multimedia stuff. It probably went up a little bit, but that that four billion sounds like a lot, especially for the Denver Broncos. <laughs> they ain't really been doing nothing special, but like I said, I don't know the sport that well, so I'll keep my mouth shut. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely black people that want to buy football team. That there are, like I said, there are black billionaires, like you said at the beginning, that want to buy these that would love to be an owner of any of these teams that would that's what they'd put on the top of their resume if jay-z was able to buy a football team he'd put that on the top of his resume after everything he's done he'd put that on the top of his resume so there are black people that want to be owners that want to play you know what i'm saying yeah but will they ever get a chance will p did he ever get the bible we don't know you know what i'm saying um, hey, in billions, it, there was a a quote. Can't remember who said it, but it was said to Bobby Axelrod. If mm-hmm. people know, he's like one of the main characters in the show. Who he was attempting to buy mm-hmm. in a f- fictitious uh, um, NFL football team purchase, 
he he was attempting to buy um the I think the New York Jets or something like that. And someone told him owning a sports team in America is how we knight people in this country. I agree. I don't think that's true. I, I, you, you know what? How cool would it be? Because we always compare, like, um, and not we. M- m- disclaimer, me nor you do this, but this is something that sometimes unintelligent people do. They compare the NFL to slavery, which I don't like that comparison. There are too many but, black men or men of color or whatever who are making millions of dollars. There okay, are a okay, lot of yeah. black women who are now in positions who are mm-hmm. making a lot of money. There are a mm-hmm. lot of black men and women who are referees, coaches, et yeah. cetera, who are making yeah. a lot of money. So it is not like it, slavery. It's, yeah, but, but I have to say, there are some people that use that analogy, and I don't like it. But what It's I will inequitable, say, but... Well, what I will say, though, is how cool would it be is as a, as a young 20-something-year-old black male that plays in the NFL, you know at the very top of the pyramid a black guy owns the team that you're playing for as opposed to a white guy. Now, a white if a white person listening to this might not be able to understand how crazy awesome that would be. Like, I how can't even put in, how impactful. Be. I can't even put into words how, because and I'm, not, I'm not trying to talk, oh, black trauma and all that, but when we clock in for work, we know at the very top of the P- our pyramid, whatever, we're working for a white person. Like, let's just be very real and clear. We both know almost every nine to five we've ever had. We always had that at the back, not at the back of our mind. How awesome it would be for these men who are putting their bodies on the line that are boom, boom, collision every single play to know that at the very top of it, they're making money for another black man. It would be beautiful. So I very much would love to see if, if we can get it done within our lifetime, which I do think will happen, having at least one black owner would be beautiful, and I think it would solve problems. And it, and this is what would be the perfect time because Robert Smith would fall time. into the top ten of wealthiest owners wow. in the NFL. Wow. Denver, Colorado, born and bred native. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Would be in the top ten of, of net worth in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Check this out. Jerry Jones, $8.9 billion. Of course. Dan Kroenke, Los Angeles Rams, $8.2 billion. Okay. Shahid Khan, Jacksonville Jaguars, $8 billion. Really? Jacksonville? Jacksonville. Oh, my. Hey, he had to be worth a lot of money to buy it. Come that's on, this, true, this is the that. only man, this the only owner. <laughs> From the Middle East. <laughs> of, co- of, of color. He had yeah, to be yeah. worth that much. <laughs> Steven Ross, owner of the Miami Dolphins. Uh-huh. Yuck. Seven billion dollars. Robert Kraft, owner of the New England Patriots, mm-hmm. six point nine billion. Okay, where's Robert? Um, Robert Smith. So he's right under that six he's, seven. Yeah, six point seven. And then the next one would be Arthur Blank at six point two. Okay. The Atlanta Falcons. Mm. Okay. Every other other owner, mm-hmm. Robert Smith is wealthier than. Wow. This is the perfect time. It is. It is. Is there, I, I like your answer, black ownership. Is there anything smaller that could be done to help 
rectify. I had a very utopian answer. My answer that I gave is change the hearts of the. That's not gonna happen. They're old white men. They'll die with the same set. I'm not trying to be pessimistic. They will go to their grave with the same mentalities that they have now. So I have a very utopian view of what maybe the next generation of owners can change. But I like your answer, and I think it's much better than my answer, and it's the best thing we have now. Is there anything small-scale we can do to rectify this problem of the disparities that we see in the NFL right I mean, now? the easiest answer is hire more black head coaches and give them an actual winning shot. You know, okay. so – we can go ahead and hop into this thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of black coaches have been set up for one and done years. Yes. Now, to be fair, they've been paid handsomely. Now, <laughs> Darnell, what does it mean to be in a one and done year? A one and done year in the NFL is where you get signed to a contract to an NFL team, obviously, to coach the team <laughs> while they are actively working against you to tank the season, to get better talent on the team, but they don't see you as the head coach moving forward. So what has happened over the last decade or so has been a couple of black coaches have been hired during a period that front office executives have decided that they are going to throw away games so that they can be in position to draft the best talent in the NFL draft over a course of years. Instead of giving the honor of losing that many games with the, with a team actively trading away or letting good talent walk, walk out the door, not paying that amount of paying great talent for two, three, four years. Instead of doing that with a white coach, and allow them to rack up the amount of losses and embarrassments that come along with having a terrible team, a terrible roster of talent to put on the field. Because as head coach, you don't control that. The general manager controls that. (laughs) Of course, of course. You find where many black coaches have been hired during the rebuilding process Mm -hmm. and fired when the teams had started to get better. They didn't get a chance to reap the benefits Mm -hmm. of that process. Instead, they were handed a bunch of losses on their resume that makes it hard for them to get head coaching positions ever again. Mm -hmm. They can get coordinating positions. They can get um, position coach positions, so quarterback, wide receiver, linebacking coach, et cetera, et cetera. They can get those positions, but they will never get a head coaching position anymore because they have they now have a resume where their first time at the job, <laughs> they were not only bad, they were embarrassingly bad. But it was because of the lack of talent on the team, the mismanagement of the roster that was done usually by the white executives, unfortunately, who were in position, and in some situations there were general managers or high-ranking executives of color who were also a part of this process, but they signed on with allowing for head coaches of color, 
mainly black head coaches, to rack up those amount of losses and never get a chance at be- becoming a head coach ever again. And and there are many black head coach um black head coaching candidates who are interviewed to get to for these head coaching positions, but only to check off a box. Never in real consideration. And we had this we I mean the general there has there is a population of people who has had this belief that this is this was a practice that was going on where coaching coaching candidates of color were being interviewed only to check off a box when decisions for hiring um head coaching prospects were already made and that's where the core of the issue is do, do you do you think that there was something surreptitious going on? Because and you know better than I do, um, Hugh Jackson, the Cleveland Browns coach. I was listening to an interview of former the, Cleveland Browns. Yeah, coach. sorry, the former, and apparently over he went one in thirty one. That can't be over possible a, without over a, I think three year span. And then he was also like he was worse. He was like three three wins and something oh, like that. It was crazy. Okay. But the, he had a crazy win loss record. But he was a victim of that type of practice. Yeah, where they were actively tanking the team mm-hmm. to rack up good prospects in the draft mm-hmm. over a course of years, and it worked. It worked. <laughs> but he was fired. Yeah. And given a, and given, he was given the door, mm-hmm. and another coach, white, was get, um, Freddie Kitchens was given <laughs> the head coaching job after him. Yeah, after he was fired. Now, to be fair, if if my memory is correct, mm-hmm. after they fired, uh, um, Hugh Jackson, the Browns started winning. So that's where he doesn't have much of a case. But at the same time, Mm -hmm. we saw the front office completely mismanage the team intentionally to get talent eventually. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. That's, That's all I'll say is it's interesting. Biden electing a black woman to the Supreme Court. Now, this I want to say is obviously Happy Black History Month. Yes, Happy Black History Month hey, again, everybody. everybody. This is obviously a power play. Are you okay with that? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Explain yourself. <laughs> so, for those who do not know, because Kamala Harris wasn't enough, <laughs> and I like Joe Biden. Let me be very clear. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the first black female Supreme Court justice is way more impactful than the first black female vice president. Ooh, 
I never thought about it, but it's I more agree. impactful. I agree. Okay. Way more impactful. And Joe Biden is just so for those who don't know. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I Justice even... Stephen Breyer announced, I think, last week that he was stepping down. He would be retiring. Eighty three years old. Interesting enough, I don't think he actually gave like a legitimate reason though. Doesn't matter. He's eighty three years old. He need to he needed to retire. Fair enough. I don't care what fair reason enough. he gave to retire, retire. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Fair oh, enough. that's ageism. Yeah, well, well time hey. Okay. Hey, times have changed. Well, I, I only say that. Sorry to interrupt you. I only say that because the, the, the inner conspiracist in me says it went something like this. Joe Biden walks up to him. He's like, look it, man. Midterms, I need to do something big. How about you step down and we put this black one on this record? That's perfectly fine, <laughs> bro. So you do think Joe Biden electing a black female to the Supreme Court is a power play. And listen, I think it's a power play too. And I'm okay. I'm willing to take it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't see anything wrong with it. I mean, some people would sit here and say, considering the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg mm-hmm. during the Obama administration in the election year, of which he got famously stonewalled mm-hmm. in um, his selection of Merrick Garland, who is now the Attorney General of the United States. So it kind of worked out for him. Anyway, what an opportunity for Joe Biden to actually fulfill a campaign promise with Stephen Breyer stepping down. That is true. That is true. The only thing I have, and before we get into the details, the only problem that I have with this little power play that he's doing, and I, I even though I love what he's doing, and, you know, Ted Cruz has a problem with it, but we're going to get on it because I have something to say about Ted Cruz to Ted Cruz. Um, he has a, but he's literally the whole black female putting her in the office. I thought he kind of checked marked that off when he made Kamala his VP. Now he's sort of doing like a round two of it, like same. So now to be fair, to yes, be fair. Yes. Having a black female Supreme Court justice has way more impact than a first black female vice president. And I and I didn't I do agree with that. I do agree with that. Yes. Absolutely correct. Um so you don't even though you know it's a power play, you think it's okay. It, it's okay. Absolutely. I mean, so there was some talk about it being affirmative action. Yes. I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> Black people just take anything. That, like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that. Well, no, well, to be fair, mm-hmm. this is an action mm-hmm. that should have been affirmed a long time ago. Yes. It just is what it is. Mm-hmm. It, is past, it is past the time. That it happened. If it ha- if it has to be symbolically forced, I don't care because this needs to be done. Yes. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. It is about time. I don't. I I find the critique that oh well, it just diminishes the value and all that other stuff. I don't care because it's a it, there is significant value for my potent for my future spouse. Mm-hmm. There's the potential. For my potential children, 
to have an opportunity. They get a chance to see that. They get a chance to aspire toward that. And not only that, they have their interests taken into consideration with a black Supreme Court justice, a female black Supreme Court justice in position representing them. And some people, there are many people who will sit here and say, well, every justice is supposed to take things into consideration. We know, let's, let's, let's cut the malarkey. Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> Quoting our president oh, in terms of those, those considerations being taken. I thought it was very disingenuous of Ted Cruz. His take on it was, and on a surface level, what he's saying seems to make sense. He says, oh, well, how is that unfair that Joe Biden says the next uh, Supreme Court uh, official will be a black female? Shouldn't it be based on merit? Like saying that it will be a black female. Black women merited that position when they helped carry the uh, um, Democratic Party in a lot of elections. It, it for I, for generations. What it I, is what it what is. I, I wanted, care less about that. Career. What I wanted to ask Ted Cruz is that, oh, so Ted Cruz, you think every government official, true or false, Ted Cruz, does every government official right now have their job based on merit? Yep, that's a good... <laughs> does every government official... Mm. I thought, like I said, on paper, what he said, because you know me, I'm, I'm actually pretty right-leaning for a 26-year-old black male. I think everyone would say that. I'm very conservative and right-leaning for... So on the surface, I understood the argument that he was trying to make because that's one thing i hate about the whole affirmative action concept or whatever is it's like well no no, no, no. just why can't we have a full meritocracy like why can't everything be based on merit because that defeats the whole point of this entire game oh, oh this entire exact, system was put into place exactly. here's the reality exactly he started not him but you know what i mean i was i was doing research on this and apparently like 108 out of 117 um, Supreme Court justices had been white males. And it's like, Ted, like, do you think that's merit-based? Like, what about this? Not what about, because there's lots of merit-based parts of this country. So let me retract that statement. But it's like, for in 1850, we got our rights. And not even, not even, then. Not even, then. Not even then. So it's like, what do you think is merit based about a government that was created by all white people? Well, here's the thing: you're talking about a person who he's a clown. Yeah, like he I don't even know, know why I'm he, so emotional. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's saying. It worked. It worked. Other, for otherwise, it, otherwise, it why would he be saying the thing that he's saying, dude? I have no cares. Yeah, for yeah. what. People like Ted Cruz have to say it. It just got me heated. It got me heated. I've gotten (laughs) to the point where I can't care about a lot of the stuff that's going on in the government. Mm. Like, yes, we're speaking about the Supreme Court justice thing. I really hope that Joe Biden keeps his campaign promise on it. I do too. Even if it's really symbolic at this point because Mm -hmm. whomever he picks would still be at an extreme minority, a 6'3 minority Mm -hmm. in terms of um, political ideology on Mm -hmm. the Supreme Court. It is what it is. And and sorry, can I interrupt you? Because usually I'm not a a fan of symbolism and, you know, like even when, even when Barack Obama was first elected and black people were like, oh, this is so 
inspirational to me of having a black president. It's like, well, I don't think that is what should be inspirational to you. But but I will defend your point is because we're at a point in time now in America where black people are like 12 or 13% of the country. So I'm not used to the typical leftist, liberal, symbolic gifts or whatever you want to call it. But no, it's like if this is a black woman that's highly credentialed, that's as credentialed as every single person that has ever sat in that position, as and I do believe she is, I'll have to do a little bit more research, but I do believe she is, then well, why Well, I mean, there are a couple of candidates. They haven't, of course, of course, uh, an official of course. list hasn't even been put out. Of course, of course. So the, the, this mass hysteria about this has gotten it has gotten so blown out of a out of proportion of and of course out of out of something that everyone understands needed to be done anyway of i don't course. care i don't care that that was the criteria that was put into place mm-hmm. i just care that it gets done yeah next next on the list probably uh, um the first openly lgbt <laughs> the, then then there would be the the um uh, um, Asian American, Pacific Islander, yeah, and Native American. How, however, it goes, mm-hmm. it needs to be done. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't. I, some people will say, "Well, we shouldn't be in the business of just checking off boxes." Ah, maybe we should, <laughs> because there are a couple. There, we're let's just call it what it is. At this point in 2022, we are behind. We are behind. There are certain changes that should have already been done in this country. Uh, I agree. There are certain opportunities that should have been given to people. Why is it that we have we 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 haven't had a um a, prom, a prominent Native uh, 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 American uh, politician and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. We should have. We should have had more. There should have been more that has been reserved for the Native American people. Yeah. Like. Yeah. There, there are just certain rights that just certain wrongs that need to be corrected, and if yeah. it requires certain levels of symbolism in order for us to at least open up the door for that, then so be it. At this point, because let's just call it what it is: the government is a c- complete clown show. Anyway, <laughs> they're gonna run it. They're, they're running it the way that they want to run it anyway. Yeah. So what's the, what's the yeah. difference whether or not it's a person of color or, or a person who is who is considered to be white? It doesn't matter anymore. They're doing anything that they want to the with the American population anyway. Just, just yeah. let's just add some extra colors into the crayon box and keep it moving. Yeah. I agree, and that was my biggest rebuttal towards Ted Cruz's point. Is it's like, don't act like this. Is, this system is built on integrity and merit. Even though I do believe that Joe Biden wouldn't be stupid enough to put in a black woman that doesn't have credentials. Hey there, family. We hope you are enjoying the meal so far, and I'm glad you made it to this point in the episode. Look at you. In all seriousness, this project is just one brick of what we're building here at the Octavian Collective, and we greatly appreciate you being a part of this journey with us. We are envisioning a multimedia partnership that fosters a space for critical, but also creative thinking. We hope that you engage with us and show your support for the different projects we'll be launching over the next couple of months. Stay up to date with us through our Instagram page at TLC Social. And check out some of our upcoming content and in-house instrumentals on our YouTube channel, The Octavian Collective. Links will be left in the show notes to help you get there. Thank you again for your support and enjoy the rest of the show.
Black History Month, everybody. Happy Black History Month. <laughs> what a way to kick off Black History Month and a conversation about one of the greatest things to ever happen for the Shade Room and one of the worst things that happened for the Black community in terms of us actually getting something out of it. Kanye West and Kim Kardashian have made February 2022 and probably the rest of 2022 the year about their damn divorce. Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. Give us more details on what's happening right now. So as of this week, because you know every other day there's a new headline with, <laughs> with these two. <laughs> because, you know, huh, these two celebrities coming together, we didn't see this eventually happening and coming that. You know? I never thought for one second in my life that they would get divorced. <laughs> and that their divorce would be a topic on NBC News. Was it really? Yes, it is. That's sad. That's very sad. I'm not even being sarcastic. That's very sad that that's the standard that they hold. Themselves. But and again, we are talking about it right now, so I guess we can't judge. I mean, let's just call it what it is. They are American royalty. They are yeah. akin to American that is version of royalty. The way that the... English press, mm-hmm. British press, mm-hmm. London press, whatever. <laughs> follow the 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 uh, um royal family mm-hmm. and to the degree that they are willing to write and talk and have shows and stuff about their life. Yeah. That is exactly what the Kardashian yeah. West that's what their family is. It's just it, it we can just call it what it is and keep it moving. Yeah. We have weight. We just have more aristocratic families in this country. And here's the thing. There are different forms of aristocratic families. There's the popular aristocrats. Mm-hmm. So that's where you, the, the Trumps fall into that category. The Kardashian West fall into that category. Mm-hmm. Will and Jada Pickett Smith. You know <laughs> that, you know, they, there's that group. Yeah. Like they're considered to be upper echelon, but they're a, upper echelon only in a certain facet. And then, of course, you have the real wealthier families. Of course. Of or the, course. the political, yeah. um, powerful families. Yeah. So, with that being said, mm-hmm. to kind of refocus, there has been talk about Kanye's dissatisfaction with his oldest daughter, North. Mm-hmm who is eight years old, as of the time of this recording, ha- is on TikTok. Um, that she has a TikTok that is supposed to be supervised by her mother. <laughs> now, Kanye brought up some interesting points. Very some interesting. Some really interesting points. Very good points, too. However, uh, so, so so let me say this before you get in. I'm, I'm jumping the gun a little bit. Can you be mad? Like, I agree with everything Kanye's saying. But can you be mad that your daughter wants to use a social media platform when her mom got famous using a social media platform? Are you going to tell me that an <laughs> eight-year-old understands? Is, can you agree that maybe sub? No, 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 no. Okay, I'm not like, saying like truly understands the depth of. I think it's sad that Kim Kardashian might not understand the depth of what Kanye is trying to say. Not that the child mm. doesn't. 
does that make sense? Now, what I'm yeah, yes. Oh, okay, now, okay, okay. now, now we are getting somewhere. Yeah. You be, do you believe that she doesn't understand the gravity or the standpoint that he's coming from? I I'm really not trying to say this is a hot take. I truly could believe me as a male. Uh, I, I maybe I want to throw in as a young black male. I understand a hundred percent why Kanye would not want his eight-year-old daughter to be engaged in that life of social media, especially he's a any re- father, any 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 father, any father but it, would but ex- like with 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 a brain would not want their uh, eight-year-old I, I daughter on TikTok. I don't want to go that far, even though I agree with you. I don't. I want to be careful of extremes. Not any father with a brain, but. Don't don't look at me like I'm crazy, like especially Kanye. And podcasting is a visual medium, <laughs> but, but but listen, especially Kanye, who's he's seen the dark side of Hollywood. He's seen what I can only imagine what Kanye's seen. I completely agree with him for being like, no, I don't want my daughter anywhere near that. I have problems. Most fathers would agree. And, 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 in general, exactly. that's the of point course, that I'm of course. making. Of course. No, 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 you, you're right. I could understand, not understand, because I don't agree with anything Kim Kardashian's doing, but I really believe that Kim Kardashian cannot understand where Kanye is coming from because she is, she is a social media celebrity. Like, that is one of the only, like, Kanye has a ta- like. Let me be very clear. No offense mm-hmm. to all these, and I'm doing a lot of talking. Sorry. No offense to all these female influencers or anything like that. Kanye has a real talent. Like Kanye doesn't need <laughs> no, no, no no offense to Kim Kardashian. I love Kim Kardashian. I think she actually is a genuinely decent, sincere person. I can't say that about all the other female social influencers or whatever. Well, I I I, th- I think she's actually awesome. Kanye has a real talent. He doesn't need social media. Ever again in order to continue making money. But oh boy, does he make it. Oh, oh yeah. He, he, <laughs> he yeah, makes he, it very he entertaining. He gets his headlines. He has helped people make money. But Kim Kardashian isn't like that. And you could be like, oh, what about her sister's makeup breast? You guys know what I'm trying to say. You get the point that I'm trying to make. So I have, I really do believe that Kim does not relate to the point that Kanye is trying to make. But I, I want your take on this. I'm hesitant to say whether or not I'm not sure. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think it's an interesting thought that you're having Mm -hmm. that she may not get it. I That she may not get it, which is because the interesting thing about it is who's supposed to be considered as the crazy one in the relationship? Kanye. Obviously, yeah, Kanye. Mm -hmm. So what does that say? About, well, I mean, there's there's so much to be said about you know who chose who and all that other stuff because they chose each other, but well, it's interesting that you bring up crazy and insanity because if the definition of crazy and insanity is having a belief that very few people believe in, mm-hmm. then, or a sense of logic that people just can't follow or agree with, yeah, I think I think, and I think going back to what you said, yeah. A lot of males would understand the point that you're trying to make that it's like, okay, there's nothing good for any young girl that gets on TikTok nowadays. But I think a lot of females wouldn't understand. Like, 
females are getting rich over this. Like, females, they love this stuff. And obviously, guys do, too, to a certain extent. But, you know, like, I, I, I'm not an extremist. I'm very much like playing it in the middle and then doing devil's advocate and all that stuff. I, I completely get it. Um, I don't think Kim is a bad person for putting her little daughter on TikTok and all that good stuff. Like I said, it's how she made a career and, and a living for the earlier stages of her life or her stardom or whatever. I just genuinely think she should put her hate and disagreement aside with it. And this is going to transition into a, a, a more serious topic mm-hmm. of male and female roles as parents. It's like, maybe Kanye is crazy. Maybe he doesn't have the formula to raise a daughter. I don't think anyone knows is a perfect parent and knows how to raise a, a child alone and has all the right answers. But I can almost tell you, he's spot on with not wanting his daughter to get on TikTok. It's, it's bad. It's a bad platform. Well, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about it because I, I, I think it's reasonable for us to talk about mm-hmm. the pros, the cons mm-hmm. of the usage of uh, a platform like a TikTok. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the word that you one of the, I think something that is interesting for us to to talk about is mm-hmm. this concept of crazy. Okay. We're enough. gonna be talking about relationships a lot on this show. It is what it is. Grown yeah, folks yeah, talk about grown folks stuff. Mm-hmm. Stuff. So the word crazy mm-hmm. has started wars <laughs> between men and women. Mm-hmm. Men and men. Women and women. Mm-hmm. Whomever and whomever. I think we need to talk about the definitions that are available. Okay. Of this word. Mm-hmm. Just to set the table. Mm-hmm. As we, you know, transition. Yeah, of course, of course. The first definition that I see according to the Merriam-Webster website. Definition one, full of cracks or flaws. I don't like that definition. Definition two, not mentally sound, marked by thought or action that lacks reason. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say, I'm waiting for a definition. The key word for me is reality. When you're no longer in touch with reality, that's when I think you, you're you crazy. And you could argue, well, what's reality and all that? But I was waiting for a definition. Of it. Well, see, here's reality. the thing. There are people who have varying views and understanding of reality. Everybody has their own yeah, view of, of reality. Of course. I think what makes the it what determines how we view reality or our understanding of another person's reality mm-hmm. is when they articulate it to us in a way that is reasonable. Of so course. this is where I find the second definition not mentally sound, mm-hmm. which is marked by thought or action that lacks reason. If I can follow the reasoning that you have for something, mm-hmm. we we can ha- we can establish a basis for understanding. But when your line of thought is so far beyond my under my comprehension of reason, mm-hmm. that's where you start to have the the true miscue. Well, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But I would I would 
I think crazy is too strong of a word for that definition. But yeah, really? of course, of course, of course, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think it's spot on. I don't use the I don't use the word crazy loosely. I don't use the word crazy loosely. I, I genuinely think there are people in this world right now that are crazy, like extreme liberals and constri- extreme conservatives. I think both extremes are, are crazy. But um, I would say that's reserved for about like two or two percent of the population of America. I wouldn't. I think that word is overused. But um, I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. I think there are varying degrees of crazy. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Different magnitudes of it. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, sorry. I mean, we're talking about you know people who take actions that or have thoughts that lack reason. There are a lot of people who make decisions that lack reason. And there are but plenty of, but there are plenty of reasonable people who make decisions that lack reason. Well, Guess what you can call that? A crazy decision. Uh no, because you're overlapping it with stupidity now. Like stupid and crazy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. They meet it's no. a Venn diagram. <laughs> no, no, no. There is there is it's a Venn diagram. There are certain decisions that can be considered stupid and crazy at the same time. Because you figure out a way to create logic. Mm-hmm. For something that is illogical, yeah. but people can understand how you got there, that means it's a stupid and crazy decision. That's hilarious. Well, I'll say it's a decision that nobody would make mm-hmm. because of the consequences outweigh the benefit. However, the logic that you have, I can follow how you got there, mm-hmm. but it makes zero sense to anybody to actually do it. Yeah, that's a crazy and stupid decision. <laughs> It's interesting. Well, okay, I I'm glad that we defined those terms, even though I can't say I completely agree. But most importantly, um, I always ask, I always ask this question. I always put the pressure on you. Um, what does Kanye do in this situation, as from a male's perspective, and what would you want Kim Kardashian to do if this was you in the situation? I know that was like very loaded, but um, I I want your opinion on one of those questions or either both of them. Well, what does Kanye do? Kanye's doing the right thing by taking it public. You think so? His his fam- that's how his family that's lives. They, li- they yeah, yeah they live yeah. and operate publicly. Yeah, this is yeah. he he's tried to to do things mm-hmm. in private, mm-hmm. hasn't worked. It hasn't worked. So now when he does things publicly because of the the support that he gets from the public, mm-hmm. it it resonates yeah. with, with his family or strange family, however people want to mm-hmm. consider whatever situation they are currently in. As far as Kim, the smart thing that she would do and the reasonable thing to do mm-hmm. and the caring thing and loving thing to mm-hmm. do would be to not have your kid on TikTok because the father who who has put so much money mm-hmm. into your pockets. <laughs> the platform that she has is on a completely different level as a result of their union. At least have put some respect on what this man has been able to give you along with those four kids that you have. Don't put them on social media. Do you think that? Without his permission. Do you think and And... TikTok's policy, she is yes. not 13. Is she doing this to get under his skin? I, I, I really, I know I sound hypocritical. 
I just said I don't think Kim understands the full extent to, and I'm gonna, I promise you, I'm not being hypocritical, but I I don't understand as a woman, as a mom, how you could not not understand the dangers of putting an eight year old child celebrity of one of the biggest a child of one of the biggest celebrities in the United States and maybe the world on a social media platform that has like hundreds of millions of people on it. Like just the, the abuse that he can Kanye and Kim herself can get just from having their child do simple things. People on the internet are mean and they're nasty and they're rude. A lot of famous people, one being Joe Rogan, he doesn't post his children. He doesn't post his. Wait, he, a lot they, of celebrities they don't do post not post none it. of that. So I don't get, and I know again I'm being hypocrite. I don't get what. It's almost as if Kim would have to be purposely doing this to get under Kanye's skin, in order to. Does that make sense? Like I, just, I mean, it, it it makes sense that it, that she could be doing that. But I don't that. think she'd be that petty. I, I can't and imagine. That's the I, thing. And I can't imagine. Thing. I don't think she's that petty. Yeah. So that's where the thought does she even get it starts it, to come into play. And that's so, what I was trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. you see, we can't follow her logic. Yeah. But so, that doesn't mean she's crazy. <laughs> it, but this is a crazy decision. It's a it's a crazy thing to be going back and forth over something that hey. TikTok's policy is that yeah, if your yeah. kid isn't even 13, they shouldn't even be on the app from the beginning. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. So at so at that point, it's like, Miss, I want to study law. Mm-hmm. This yeah, is plain, this is plain too, yeah. in, in, in simple as day. And here's the thing. That's very interesting. Here's the thing. Up. You brought up an interesting point about her child mm-hmm. being put out there in front of all, in all these people and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Usually... Parents are, because of their concern for the security of their children, mm-hmm. they they want to take those extra steps and in, in, in those extra levels of precaution. Yeah. By her not taking that into consideration, mm-hmm. she is showing a disregard for concern for the security of her kids. Yeah. And now, why is that even more of a problem? This is where we go back mm-hmm. to an action or thought marked by that that lacks reason, right? What happened in Paris a couple of years ago? She was tied up. Oh, that's robbed, right. I completely forgot. The whole about nine that. yards. Damn. Her security mm-hmm. failed. Her sense of security <laughs> failed. Mm-hmm. Her lack of sense of urgency mm-hmm. with security failed Mm -hmm. she did not learn from that previous incident yeah that you should be a little bit more protective and guarded of these things that lacks reason i think the only thing we disagree on is what you're fundamentally considering as crazy right now i consider is stupid i'm I'm just even though she even they overlap even though i know she's not a stupid person because she she's she has areas where she's very intelligent. Smart oh, people absolutely. can make stupid decisions too. But see, so when you lack, deep. when when I can't follow your logic, mm-hmm. you're it's a crazy decision. 
Yeah. It's a it's a crazy yeah. decision. Yeah. Because if I have if I respect you as, as an intelligent person, mm-hmm. and 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 understand that you have certain varying degrees of intelligence in certain areas, mm-hmm. I believe that you have the prerequisites mm-hmm. to make logical decisions. And when you choose to not make a logical decision, I can call that decision if not you in the moment. Mm-hmm. Or if it's a continuing pattern of behavior, mm-hmm. to so much so that it can be attributed to your personality, you're crazy. Yeah. Oh well, I'll I'll say I will continue to not defend, but play devil's advocate until we get to the end of this situation. <laughs> I I, I, feel I, you I I'm 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 very much in agreement with Kanye right now. I, I'm me but, too. But but it's 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 easy for me to put myself in his situation because I'm a guy and I just, and I would hopefully, I wish a girl could explain to me maybe Kim Kardashian perspective or her reasoning the words you use because I just don't see any, it's different if you guys weren't already rich and famous and didn't, if you guys needed the money or something but you know those people that put their babies on TikTok and tell their kids to say cute things to try and go viral that's one thing i just don't see any benefit to putting this little girl on tiktok um but you know there's gonna be more to come out of this story oh Um, dude these are two of the biggest celebrities on the planet we're gonna be hearing about this until the papers are officially signed and even after that we're gonna still be hearing about them and everything that's going on with their family i think they have a show about that Keeping keep, <laughs> keeping up with the just it's pathetic. I have never seen it, but it's just, why is why is TikTok so big? We we never had a conversation about. We were texting about this. We never had a real conversation. Why the hell is TikTok so big? The algorithm. The algorithm. The algorithm is is designed to keep people's attention. It's designed. I mean, and and this is coming from someone who doesn't have the app on his phone, I never never downloaded, doesn't have an account will. or anything like that. Never ever will. Mm-hmm. Never grumble, ever grumble, will. grumble, grumble, old man, grumble. <laughs> but I mean, it. So but one of the things that we were talking about, kids they, love it. No, it's not even just the kids; it's the adults who love it, bro. Adults love it for kids. There are parents who are allowing TikTok to raise their kids. I, who are literally putting videos from TikTok yeah. in front of their infant children to watch. Ugh. I mean, and, so and it's not to be sit here and do all the fear mongering yeah, and all the no, over-sensitization. Listen, we grew, we grew up playing like five hours of video games a day. Like, I'm not even here to look down on nobody. Like, that's really not even, it's just, I genuinely don't get it. And I want someone to like explain it to me. It's another how watching platform. people dance around for this professional. People dancing like singing shows. and dancing. People <laughs> like singing and dancing. <laughs> people like singing and dancing. It is what it is. From 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 day one. Yeah. When we were children, we watched Barney sing and dance. I guess we I watched guess. the Telly Tup. No, well, they Telly Tup didn't really do it for <laughs> singing, but they were hopping around. Anyway, that, yeah. that's beside the point. Yeah, you know we 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 are stimulated by those actions, those movements, especially when they are synced up with music. It just is is stimulating, and now 
there are so many other things outside of just singing and dancing that is on TikTok. You know, you, of course, the algorithm can send you down a rabbit hole into your of silo course, of course, of and course. what have you. And that's and, and I think that is where the general conversation about what the Internet is really becoming is these yeah. different silos, these different pockets of, of the Internet where people can find themselves in. The, the biggest issue is that how soon do we want children uh, accessing yes. these things? Yes. Yes. Um, ooh, interesting. I mean, we'll, we'll answer that about how, how, what, 14, 15, 16? What, what are you thinking? Definitely not eight. Definitely and, not and that's eight. the thing. Definitely, Definitely not, not eight. eight. You know, and, and you can, and here's the sad part. We can say as much as we want to that we do our best to control oh, no, kids our kids. Forget control, they're going to find different kinds gonna, of ways yeah, to get of access. Of course, to of course, of course. And that's the scarier part about it. So it's like, all right, do we want these things so easily available to kids? And that's where the issue is. That's where the core of the issue is, is the access from the, the easy access. Really? Is that it's the- one thing to work around to get access to things, but it's another thing to have wide open access. Yeah. To okay. Things. You just took the words out of, right out of my mouth. I was just, I was literally just going to say like my biggest problem if I have a kid isn't, isn't what the, cause there's a certain level where you can't control. Like if they want to watch, oh, sorry, if they want to watch like pornography or whatever, there's, you can't sit in front of them for 24 seven to make sure they don't do it. But you can definitely you, make sure that they don't have the ability to find those things really, on your exactly, Wi-Fi. Exactly. You can definitely make sure that you're not well, the on person that's plan. feeding it to them. Exactly. And so it's... Or, or, it's, or leaving the buffet available to them. Of course. And it's two different perspectives when it's like, oh, okay, my parents feeding this to me and they don't care that I do it or whether I have to sneak around and circumvent the situation to get to it. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, and I mean, there aren't and, parents who are feeding their kids like well, you know come here little billy let's put on a you know but, like no that's not and, happening and i think connie is a very reasonable person i think he understands how prominent and prevalent social media <laughs> let tmz is. tell you I he's not he, i think i think he understands I, I think he understands that there's no way to keep his daughter away from tiktok i think the other biggest, than publicly shaming I think no, no, his no, wife no, over. No, no, no. I, I think he I think the important part because I'm a man of context. I think the important part is he doesn't want his wife to be the person allowing encouraging. Can I use that word? Encouraging yes, can. Absolutely. her to use TikTok. So, again, it's all contextual. But well, yeah, um, but, but the reason why I said that he's villainizing her and, and whatever like that is because that's how people want to spin it. It's like, well, who else is he going to? He's going to sit here and talk ill on his kid about it? No. (laughs) His kid is doing what his wife is allowing or encouraging her to do. And he's like, I don't want that. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. He has just as, he has every right as much as she does to sit here and say, I don't want that. (laughs) And here's the funny part about it. There are people who are going to say, well, She's the mother. Why should he have? Oh, why should he uh, 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 um, have any say over it? Mm-hmm. Because the, the more than likely, the divorce court judge is going to make sure that he is financially contributing into into that household, even though he's not supposed to have quote unquote control. I mean, look at. I mean, I don't even want to go down that 
rabbit hole. For, 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 for all the <laughs> for all the women that feel the I'll, I'll just say this. Women. Kick kick the man out of your life. Get, we're all for all the women that don't think Kanye should have a say in this, do me a favor. And I mean this facetiously. Have a child, kick the man out of the life out of your life and the child's life for 18 years. And then on that kid's 18th birthday, see how their mental health, their economic health, everything, just see how they're doing as a, as a fully functional individual. And then come back and give me your opinion on whether Kanye should have had any say in how his daughter was raised, even though Kim and him are broken up. A smart person <laughs> learns from their own mistakes. A wise person learns from the mistakes oh, of others. People, exactly. So here's the thing. You don't need to go out and exper- experiment <laughs> and experience that to see yes, yes, that yes. that is not a winning and formula. I was being very no, absolutely. <laughs> no, but, but 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 I just want to make sure that the base is covered yeah, yeah. that people understand that enough mm-hmm. empirical evidence absolutely. and anecdotal evidence absolutely. exists. Absolutely. Absolutely. There are plenty of men and women mm-hmm. who were raised in single parent households. Yeah. And you can see the damage that they're dealing with it. Shout out to everybody who has overcome that and has mm-hmm. been a productive member of society. Shout Absolutely. out to the ones who were able to endure that, get counseling, get therapy and stuff like that and work through it and improve and be, and, and, and be mm-hmm. better people on the other side of it. Yeah. But there are a lot of broken people Absolutely. coming out of those broken situations, unfortunately. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and it and it has become a problem because it's also becoming the norm. Yes. There are people <laughs> who are not only accepting, but they are embracing that this is becoming the norm. And and, and it seems as if in many cases people are rooting for these, for this oh. thing. For 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 more split families and things like that. It it makes yeah. no sense. It yeah, it, it it's so bad and um without loading up the emotion and the topic too much. I, I'd want to say this is a male. Oh, this topic hasn't person. been emotional enough. Yeah, it could get worse. <laughs> it could get worse. Well, but, but but without even taking a male, I know I've I've sided with Kanye, but I don't even want to make this a male versus female thing. It's like I'm glad Kim Kardashian has a perspective and a say in in the. I would I would think this whole situation is worse if Kanye had sole custody of his daughter. I'd be like. Oh my lord, the court needs to do something. Get some Kim Kardashian in that girl's life or she's going to turn out a crazy Do you musical hear producer. how crazy this sounds? <laughs> yeah. Get some Kim Kardashian in, into this girl's life. Like <laughs> 2022. Like, like I wouldn't want it either way. So when I say that I very much agree with Kanye having his own little Do I agree with maybe the way Kanye went about it? Just like you said earlier, this is sort of the way the Kardashian family operates. He really didn't do too much wrong. But do I make so do I wholeheartedly agree with the way he, he learned went from about the it? best? That's true. No, maybe it could have been handled a little differently. But if the stakes were on the other side, I'd say the same thing. The baby needs Kanye in her life. That baby needs Kim in her life. She needs both. It's it it's it's unfortunate that they're having a little bit of an impasse right now with the values of social media and all that. But, you know, I'm very looking forward to it. I think you are, too. We're not 
We we not. Man, I'm not looking forward to seeing more I of this wa- mess. I actually, dude, it, I'm a Kanye I'm fan <laughs> in terms of his music. All the extra stuff yeah, is extra true. stuff. I'm I'm good on this. I I hope <laughs> that they come to an amicable arrangement and agreement yeah. in terms of their divorce. Mm. Either that or get back together. <laughs> Either way, this has become exhausting because now it's affecting the music. <laughs> I'm expecting Donda to, I don't know, I guess in the next year or two. Yeah. With future executive producing the album, mm-hmm. apparently. Mm-hmm. And it's talking about him divorcing with his wife. Guess what? We just got that from Donda. Okay. Yeah. What do we what would what do we need that for? Yeah. You know. Yeah. It, it, it's interesting. But, you know, I always like I always like I'll say this. I like things like this, and the reason why I'm looking forward to this is because I'm not about, like, celebrity and Hollywood gossip. Me and you, we sit back and we talk about very serious topics. The grander perspective. That that I feel like, yeah. Yeah, the grander application, greater application of the whole. Yeah, I I love the fact that we can tie some of our our topics about, like, divorce and relationships into something more mainstream that's going on like this. So Grown folk conversation. Yeah. I can't wait. We're gonna we'll, we'll we will make sure to keep you guys updated on the Kim Kardashian and Kanye West drama that goes in on no, 2022. All right? Not the <laughs> drama, but more so the the life applications that come into play. Because at the end of the day, we need to start having more grown folk conversation in terms of these things. Um, I think one of the things that hasn't been brought up just yet is um, on Donda, him uh, on Hurricanes. Saying, ask him, what do you love? That kind of stood out to me instead of him saying, who do you love? Oh, what okay. do you love was the question. Uh-oh, uh-oh. And we're seeing this play out where you're, you're seeing people's value on celebrity supersede their, their value on other facets of life. Yeah. And you and and here's the thing. Yeah, while it's easy for us as guys to sit here and bash Kim K for the way that this is playing out, Kanye looking like a complete fool with this whole Julia Fox thing. Yeah. yeah. The fact that I might, that I actually can call recall this woman's name right off the top of my <laughs> head is actually really surprising. But yeah. seriously, I like this whole this whole thing looks ridiculous. The the whole Pete Davidson thing both looks look ridiculous. ridiculous. I was just gonna say they both look ridiculous. Like, come on. And that, and that's the thing about these the, when you get so invested in these celebrities and you realize how delusional they are in in terms of the public eye. Right. There are people who are picking sides, picking teams. <laughs> Some pe- there are people making you you you're gonna tell me that the shade room isn't making money off of this. No, TMZ isn't making the money shade, off of the this. The shade room's taking hella money off. This of is this. like this is this is out of hand. This is out of pocket. You know what I mean? And it's like, yo, at the end of the day, what do you really love in this whole situation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you do you love all this negative attention? Yeah. They do. do you love all this heartache, all this foolishness that we putting our kids through, we putting each other through? Mm-hmm. We look ridiculous. That's the saddest thing out of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That's where I'm like. I'm usually very like whimsical about like celebrity drama and all that, but the one, the one, the one thing that makes me you know get very like uh, pessimistic about you know this all this whole thing is knowing that there's legacies 
there's kids that are being born into this drama and they're gonna be traumatized by it. How many celebrity children have committed suicide? I don't know that, but a lot of them pop pills and alcohol. And so yeah, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. This is a problem. Um, and and to tr- to kind of wrap things up on that more grown folk conversation talk. Grown folk, people, ladies, gentlemen, however you identify, start taking more consideration into what is it that you want in these relationships? What do you want to get out of the relationship? I don't think it should be something that we accept that most marriages in America end in divorce. I don't think that's a healthy space for us to be living in because divorce leads to a lot of hurt and there's enough people, enough hurt people are hurting other people. And unfortunately there are a bunch of people in, in in my life that I know of that are going through divorce or have just recently gone through divorce. It's starting to become more and more of the norm in my life to see more people divorce. And usually it starts off with just incompatibility in terms of personality, in terms of just desires, in terms of value. What do you love? I think as we move throughout Black History Month, of course, we're going to continue to say that and plug that in. And yeah, you know what I'm saying? We as a community, as a black community, also need to take a look at the things that we love. Is it detrimental to, to the progress that we're hoping to make? Is it detrimental to the relationships that we have with one another? We say all the time that we need to start having more conversation. I think we also need to do a little bit more thinking before we open up our mouths. <laughs> These are the types of topics that we are going to be touching more on in the year of 2022. A new table is being set. Ladies and gentlemen, that was our podcast. I just want to take a moment to thank everyone that took a listen and is currently supporting what we are doing here. It really means the world to us. Once again, you can find us on Instagram at The Grown Table, all lowercase, one word. And also you can follow us on Twitter at The Grown Table, all lowercase, one word. Godspeed.